Here we go. So welcome back, everyone, to the Wake Citizens Journal. I'm Terry Guthrie, your host. I know I've been away for a little while, um, had a lot of things going on, had a lot of planning that I've been doing. And so um, this is kind of a, a relaunch of sorts um, to get the podcast going again. And part of what I've been looking at is um, doing some themes. Eventually, I want to get to the point where I'm releasing three episodes a week. Right now, it's going to be one on Mondays. And this particular one, I'm really focusing on education. So we're going to dig in um, to some alternative options on education. And I'm going to share a lot of information with you. And, and I think you're really going to enjoy this. And it'll be um, not to be too funny, but <laughs> educational um, for where we're going. Uh, before we get started, though, I have to share something with you. I have, um, for the last year and a half, I've had a couple of different health problems going on. And in dealing with those, particularly the first time around, I had uh, some real inflammation problems uh, that were plaguing me. And I went to my doctor, got an antibiotic um, that helped some, but didn't do a, a lot for me. And I just happened to stop over at a friend's house. My wife and I were having dinner with a friend. And she said, I want to share something with you that might help. And she gave me this. I'm going to see if I can move that to closer to the camera just a little bit so you can see it. Uh, there we go. It's a patch. And she said, I'm going to give you three days worth of these patches. I want you to try them and see if they do anything for you. And I'm thinking, I've got inflammation and I've got pain. What's this little sticker going to do for me? And amazingly enough, in three days, the inflammation was gone and I had no pain whatsoever. And this patch is actually designed with a technology process that I won't go into because it gets kind of lengthy, but it's phenomenal. It works really, really well. And I'd love to share that with you in detail. Every Thursday evening at 8 p.m., I do a Zoom call where I just discuss these patches and I talk about the technology and how they work. And so if you'd be interested in learning more about the patch and what it can do possibly to help you and, and kind of the, the basics of this, I didn't say this, but this is actually designed to re-stimulate or regenerate your stem cells. And it's my stem cells that actually took care of my inflammation problem. It wasn't the patch itself. The patch actually just regenerated my stem cells. So it's phenomenal stuff. I'd love to share it with you. So if you would send me an email to wakecitizensjournal at outlook.com, I'll send you a Zoom link and invite you to join me next Thursday night at 8 p.m. So uh, it's great stuff. I, I know you'll really get a benefit out of it. So please join me for that. So we're going to go into education now. And one thing I want to say, just kind of as a disclaimer of sorts, is that my wife and I don't have kids. So we've always been very much on the periphery of the educational system. As a taxpayer, my money still goes to support the public schools. So I want to know where my money's being spent, but we don't have kids in the system. So in looking at everything that's been going on, particularly the last couple of years, there's a lot of negatives surrounding the public school system. And in putting together this series for the podcast, I thought about doing some things about public schools, but I decided that I didn't want to do this from a negative perspective. So I changed my course a little bit, and I'm going in a different direction, which is I'm going to present to you some alternatives. There's a lot of parents out there who are looking at either private schools, charter schools, 
homeschooling, whatever they can find because they're not happy with their local um, public school system. And so the information I'm going to share with you, I'm not recommending anything for anybody because, again, I don't have kids. So in that sense, I don't have any skin in the game. But I want to share information so that those of you that are out there questioning whether or not you should bring your kids out of the public system into something different, I want you to know what some of your options are. So I'm not recommending anything, but I'm going to present information. So the first part of this, probably for the next, I'm guessing, six or eight weeks, we're going to be talking about homeschooling in particular. And I've been learning a lot about it lately, doing a lot of research. And um, and you can see I have a guest with me today. This is Elena Brancato. Did I say the last name correctly? You did, yes. Okay, perfect. On the first time, it was um, pretty good. Elena and I have um, had a couple of conversations already and created a few emails, but she is directly involved in homeschooling. And so I invited her to come on with me. Um, I think she's going to get pulled in deeper than she really knows at this point, but we'll see how it goes. Um, but again, she knows more about homeschooling than I do. She's been around it a long time. And I'm going to let her tell her story of how she got involved in it and about her kids and kind of where this has gone on her journey. And then over the next six or eight weeks, possibly, we're going to dig in deeper. Today is more of just that high-level pass to give you some basic information of how homeschooling works and what it's all about as a concept. And then we'll dig in and really give some details to you uh, for those of you that might be considering it as an alternative for your own kids. So, Elena, I'm going to turn it over to you. So, um, you have, I believe, if I've counted correctly, I think you have four kids? Yes, I do. Okay. And you've got two that have already graduated. They've gone yep. literally from beginning to end in the homeschool yes. process, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to let you tell your story and I'll just sit back and I get to listen now. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I wanted to thank you for giving me this opportunity. I am really passionate about homeschooling and uh, mostly just being um, a support and encouragement for those who are thinking about it. I, uh, I will tell you going way, way back, my oldest is 20. And when he was probably about two and a half, three years old, and that was, you know, time to send him into preschool age classes, I started thinking to myself, do I really want to get rid of him? <laughs> do I want to send him away that young? I had another baby right on his heels. They were only uh, 16 week, uh, months apart, 16, 16 months wow. apart. And so I already had one at home. I was a stay-at-home mom. And and I just started thinking, well, um, it's preschool. You know, I can't really uh, mess them up that much. What do they need to know? Their numbers, their colors, maybe some shapes. But I started thinking about that after I once said to a close friend of mine I, uh, who told me she was going to homeschool, I said, more power to you, but that's not for me. I really never thought that I would homeschool. I certainly never thought I would go the distance. I, you know, when, even when I said it's preschool, I can't screw them up that much. Um, I thought, well, maybe I'll do it for a couple of years. You know, there's always the option of putting them back into a, a, a school setting or into a school setting. And so I never really thought I'd go the distance. But here I am 17 years later. Four, uh, four kids later, um, so two of them have already graduated. I have a 20-year-old and a 19-year-old, and then I have a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old. So I did have them all really uh -huh. close together, 
within six and a half years. And so I think that's part of the other thing is I was already in kid mode. I had them so close together. And uh, since I was doing one, I just did them all. And it was, we could talk later on another episode, maybe of what it looks like to homeschool a bunch of little kids, <laughs> because I've got some stories. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so my older two have graduated. My first one uh, was traditionally academic. Just froze temporarily. My apologies for that. Class and grades. Yep, that's okay. And um, and so he uh, he did go off to college, and uh, he was seventeen when he went off to college. He was I just started kindergarten early, and uh, he graduated with uh, a bunch of dual enrollment college credits. So that he actually just graduated college at 20. And so he's got his bachelor's degree. He's only 20. He's got a full-time permanent job lined up starting in August. Um, and wow. so it's living, it's, I'm living proof that it works. And, and uh, if you want to go that route, but there's many other reasons to, to um, homeschool your kids, even if they look a little bit different than the traditional, the traditional path. So. Sounds like you had a almost your own daycare going for a few years. Pretty much. Younger. Pretty much. And I did at one point in time actually take two kids in for a couple of years during that time to to babysit them. And honestly, we just worked them in. We just worked them in. So. Well, when you got started with that, what were the questions you were asking as far as the process of how to get started and what you needed to do to to even get this going for your own kids? Well, I will tell you at that time, um, I told you I had a friend who said that she was going to homeschool. And uh, so I had actually a good amount of people around me that were already homeschooling. And so part of the learning process was just going to them and asking, you know, back, okay, going back 17 years, there was the internet, right? But um there probably wasn't as much information out there as there are now. And so it started with just me asking the people around me who were already doing it. And, um, and then from then, you, you know, you do have to learn some of the, there's some ins and outs and regulations and things like that. So, um, but the information is, is plentiful. Many people are intimidated by the idea of homeschooling. Uh, but really it's just gaining some basic knowledge and taking one step at a time. It's not, an overwhelming thing if you take it one step at a time. So what would you say for somebody who hasn't done it and they're looking at their kids right now, either they're already in school or, or haven't started yet, and they're saying, okay, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. What would you say is the first question to ask or, or the first piece of research to do to get moving? Um. Well, let me tell you first of a couple of sources. Uh, one, ask your neighbor. I mean, I say that facetiously, but most people know someone who's homeschooling in their life already. So you can, you know, go to them for some guidance. Two, again, the website internet is is good and homeschool groups are plentiful on Facebook. But the questions that you probably need to start asking is, um, the first one I would probably say is what are the regulations for my state? 
is because that's exactly. uh, a guideline of what you need to do both to start homeschooling and what you're required to do for homeschooling because each state is different and each country is different. So that's probably the first question is what does it look like to homeschool in my state? What's required or not required is a good question as well. Um, for, for people in North Carolina, would that be going to the state government website for the Department of Public Education or where would where would someone in North Carolina find that? Specific? Yeah, so it is. Um, so homeschooling in North Carolina is regulated by the uh, North Carolina uh, Division of Non-Public Education. And that is find, found, um, you'll find that link on uh, the NC Department of Education website. And so that would be the first place to go. Um, I don't think I have the the URL right now handy, but I can look it up real quick. But it's, um, they do have a division and a website directly, directly uh, geared towards homeschoolers. It has this homeschool guidebook on there. It answers frequently asked questions. It tells you exactly what you need to do. Um, and again, I'll say again, more importantly uh, is to ask the question, what don't I need to do? And we can go into that in a, in a future episode because there's a lot of misconceptions over what a homeschool needs to accomplish for their students. It's very different from public schools. Pretty much basically a homeschool is considered a private school. So you get to set the education requirements for everything, including graduation requirements for homeschoolers. So it's very different for um, for homeschoolers than it is for public schoolers. But that's a great place to start if you're in North Carolina is a North Carolina division of non-public education. Um, that's interesting about the graduation requirements. Um, just side note, um, I will put the link for the uh, department website in the podcast mm-hmm. notes. So when you look at those notes, you can there'll be a hyperlink there. I think that'll work as a hyperlink. I haven't done that before on my hosting sites, you know, with Spotify and whatnot, but hopefully it'll work. If not, you'll at least have the URL and you can jump to that fairly easily. But as Elena said, if you're not in North Carolina, check with your own state level uh, um, government to see where they have something listed through education and and what your own requirements are. Mm -hmm. So um, you've been around this now for 20 years, basically. What's changed the most for you or or kind of in viewing homeschooling as a process? What do you feel has changed the most in the time that you've had your kids going through that? That's very easy to answer. And that is the opportunities. Um, So when I started homeschooling, I was in New York State. And I will tell you, not every state is uh, is equally yoked when it comes to homeschooling rules and regulations. New York was a uh, very highly regulated regulated state, and it was not easy to homeschool um, because you had a lot of boxes to check, a lot of regulations to follow, and so the community there was not as widespread. Now, I it's probably growing now there, but when we moved to North Carolina 13 years ago. Um, so home, just a side note, North Carolina is one of the most popular um, homeschooling states in America right now. It's really? in the three of, of homeschooled um, students in the in the United States. 
And so the opportunities here abound. And again, that's a that's a topic for a whole whole another episode. But anything from being able to take outside classes, because if you don't want to teach math or English, you can find somebody who does that professionally in the homeschool world, and you can um, you can pay them uh, you know class fee to do that. Um, there's also uh, tons of extracurricular activities available. There's homeschool proms. There's graduations. So the, everything is available here. Just so there, what's changed from then till now is just the uh, the popularity of homeschooling and the opportunities that are available. Yeah, and and I had mentioned this to you the other day. With my age, I graduated from high school in 1980 from a private school. But at that time, homeschooling was almost non-existent. It was a very, very small percentage. And there really wasn't that much out there for those kids to be involved in. And just in talking to you and the research I've been doing, it's amazing to see how many different associations there are and how many connect points there are for homeschool families, not just the kids, but families, which leads me kind of... um, I've got a couple of different directions going through my mind right now. Um, One of them is you're involved specifically in a co-op. And what I like about um, what we've discussed about your co-op, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this in this episode because we're going to do specific episodes with specific organizations. So you can hear what these groups are doing, how they're structured and whatnot. But I just want to touch on one specific point, which is, you have some really good support for parents. We yes. hear a lot about the kids, you know, what they get, what they don't get, and those things. You don't hear about the parent side. Right. And I love that about your group, that you've got them involved in the equation and you're giving them support where they need it as well. So I'll let you talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so uh, about that, it's it's pretty amazing. You won't find a more helpful bunch of people than homeschool people, homeschool moms. Uh, you go on, uh, like I said, one of the groups on Facebook, uh, you ask a question, you're going to get 20 to 30 responses easy uh, from anything from what curriculum should I use to, you know, what, what resources out there for this or what opportunities are... We are a really helpful bunch of people. Uh, it's a very supportive and encouraging community. So again, that makes it much easier to homeschool. I have lots of plugs that I can give for various organizations. Um, speak, I will give one now. If you're even entertaining the idea now or maybe you know looking into it, there is uh, some a place right in our backyard, homeschool gathering place up in Raleigh. Uh, right off of Glenwood Avenue. They've been around for years and years. They are a consignment shop and a new curriculum shop. And so you could go there to actually peruse what you, you know, some options that are available to use for educating your kids. But they also have on staff tons of homes, current and former homeschool moms who will literally sit down with you and talk you know, talk things through with you. And it's free of charge. So you can go get, you know, live consultations, so to speak, on the road. So that's just one, you know, um, one facet of the encouraging supportive community of homeschooling. But since you talked about your past, and especially in the 1980s, I did pull uh, a few statistics and figures that I'd love to share just to show you um, a little bit about homeschooling then and now. 
So in the United States in 1988, there were uh, estimated 200 to 300,000 homeschooled students. So in 1988, okay. 200,000 homeschool students. Um, in 2020, and for obvious reasons, it hit a high of 5 million. Wow. Um, but now that things have opened up again after, uh, after you know, things were closed, it's now settled in around 3 million students across the United States that are homeschooled. So from 300,000 to 3 million, that's a pretty big jump over the course of just a few years there. And so uh, homeschool kids across the U.S. represent about 6% of the K through 12 student body. Um, in North Carolina, specifically, in 1988, there were approximately 1,000 homeschools open. So in North Carolina, you open your homeschool and you can have however many kids you want in there. So in 1988, there was 1,000 homeschools open. In 2022, North Carolina, there's 100,000 homeschools open in the state of North Carolina. And they estimate that represents roughly 200,000 students just in North Carolina. That's about 11% of the K through 12 uh, student body. And so North Carolina is actually double the national average of homeschool kids. So if you're thinking of homeschooling in North Carolina, you're in a good place. So it's, it's gone from, you know, exponential, um, exponential growth over the last many years. And so no longer does it have the stigma of being unsocialized homeschooling. Uh, it really has changed dramatically. Yeah. A couple of different articles that I found and both articles, the, the people writing them really presented homeschoolers, homeschool parents in particular, as well, these are just fringe people, they're fanatics, they're, you know, whatever. That's not the case. And and it's it was largely painted also as more or less religious zealots, mm -hmm. but that's not the case either. It is not, no. No, it's not the case. So in the past, many people believed homeschoolers were just religious, you know, Christian <laughs> families who wanted to shelter their kids from the world. That's not the case. Now, there right. are, obviously, I'm sure, who right. do that. That is not the case, though. There is a huge conglomerate of people who are secular, you know, people who are non-religious, who, you know, who don't have uh, a religious affiliation. They just want to do what they think is best for their kids. And that's basically what homeschooling is all about. Homeschooling is simply catering the education opportunities for your child to your child, because not everybody is the same. And many kids have learning difficulties. Many kids excel in math and sciences. Many kids tank at that. And doing that is setting them up for failure and, you know, insecurity issues. And they, but they excel at, artistic fields uh, in, in all, you know, creative fields. And so homeschooling is really just parent-directed education for the, the, for the, for the particular child. And so, and let me say that that can look different in your own home, in your own homeschooling. I have four kids, two who are academically minded, two who are creatively gifted, 
and I do different things for each of them. So. So I, I don't want to go too far off on the criticism side of homeschooling, but I want to yeah. ask just about one. This is not really a criticism, but just comparison, I suppose. But how do homeschool kids compare um, statistically, if you have it, if you don't, that's okay. But how do they compare from um, like a GPA or um, academic standards perspective? Because the viewpoint tends to be, well, if they're homeschooled, it's too, it's going to be more loosey-goosey and, you know, they're not going to have the structure and, you know, those kind of things that the public school kids get. So therefore, they're not going to perform as well. How does that stack up? Right. Uh, well, um, it's funny you ask that. Um, it. I just looked at some basic statistics the uh, the other day. I'm looking to see if I can find them real quick. But uh, as far as academic performance, they have been shown to perform 15 to 25 percent better, and I think that is um, conservative, a conservative estimate. But on standardized tests, and which we are required to give in North Carolina as part of the homeschool regulations, uh, homeschool students are performing better on standardized tests. And I can tell you also that colleges now are actually actively recruiting and uh, accepting um, homeschool students because they recognize that they are usually uh, more mature in the, uh, in social aspects, emotional aspects, and academic aspects, and they're more independent, uh, students. And so, um, so colleges these days are actually wanting, wanting homeschoolers. But yeah, they have been proven to perform better on standardized tests, GPAs, all of that. Kind of the purview of what we're trying to cover here. But does that, tend to carry through the college years as well, that even though I've been homeschooled for 12 years through, you know, elementary and secondary, now on a college level, I'm going to a traditional classroom on a college campus. Does that carry through that they tend to perform better on the college level, you know? Um, uh, in perfect honesty with you, that depends on the student. That yeah. depends on the student. You know, our kids aren't perfect. Our, our kids are still uh, plagued with social and emotional issues. And so if, uh, you know, it, they can have difficulties, they can. In most cases, I would say they are more prepared to handle the educational load. <laughs> A funny story, my son, who graduated, um, has told me that his high school classes were more difficult than his college classes. Wow. And and he is a success story. He did graduate magna cum laude from uh, from his university uh, just this past May. So he made the dean's list every semester. So yeah, he he was well prepared and um, and he excelled. But we also have some friends who had some difficulties and challenges. So it, it's not so much the academics. Uh, sometimes um, they just they just hit some bumps in the road because they're human. They're still kids. <laughs> They're still kids. They're still growing. They still have a lot to learn. Yeah. You know, like I said, uh, homeschooling for the most part is not a sheltered life anymore. As, as a matter of fact, I like to say, to be honest, we're over-socialized. We have too many opportunities. There's too many things for 
uh, us to do that uh, it's it's hard to pick. You have to, okay, you can only pick two things to do this year. You can't just want to Have all of your kids enjoyed the process? If you ask, okay, so if you ask my older two, that's another interesting story. If you ask my older two if they were happy, they were homeschooled. If you ask them now, they'll say yes. If you asked them while they were in high school, they yeah. would have told you no. And I had my daughter begging me to go to high school because she thought that, well, really, she just thought it was hanging out with friends every day, all day. And, and you know, she she wanted that experience, even though we did she, plenty of outside classes. She had outside friends. She had out jobs, things like that. So she uh, but she didn't know what she was missing. But now that she's on the other end of it, someone just asked her this question the other day. And she said, I am so glad my mom stayed the course and continued homeschooling me. Now, my other two, my younger two who are still in uh, homeschool, I have asked them, I've asked them, do you, are you good with this? Or do you want to continue, you know, doing this? Or, or do you want to consider going to a variety? There's many, like you said, public private charter and and they said oh no no way we're good <laughs> so it depends it depends on the child so leading into where we're going with this over the next several episodes um what would be some things that our listeners can look forward to from an individual episode perspective of what we might be delving into more deeply as a topic. Yeah, I wrote down a, a, a few options I'd love to spend some time on. Um, uh, one of the biggest ones, honestly, is homeschooling looks different for everybody. It looks different for everybody. There are so many different ways to homeschool. There's so many different types of homeschoolers. There are, you know, there's families who spend the majority of time in their home. There's uh, families that, uh, their parents are directing the education, but they're utilizing a lot of the outside class options that are out there with paid teachers or, or co-ops. There are stay-at-home moms or dads who are homeschooling. There's working moms and dads that are homeschooling. There are families who are homeschooling on the road in their RVs. So I would love to spend uh, an episode just talking about uh, the different types of homeschooler homeschooling you know, option, not options, but the way it looks like it's different for everybody. So, um, so I'd like to talk about that. Um, and then I'd love to talk about deep dive into why, why to homeschool. Let's really look at some of the benefits that come from homeschooling your children. And of course, in the real world, there's negatives too. We'll, we'll look at that. Um, I would like to talk, uh, an episode on homeschooling your special needs child. You know, many people have children at home with special needs and they think that they can't do it and that they need outside help. Well, they do need outside help, right? They they don't have to be lone rangers, but you can still homeschool your special needs child at home. Um, I'd love to spend some time talking about all the different activities and options and resources that are out there for homeschool uh, students, like outside classes, extracurricular, um, social options. Um, we could spend a whole episode on different curriculum, different learning styles. Okay, so you see where I'm going here. <laughs> the possibilities are too numerous. I could keep going. Well, I'll stop there. 
Listening to the attention because this is where we're headed. So uh, um, just from a general perspective, any final thoughts about the process that that our listeners need to know today? Yeah, you know, I, I would love to touch for just a minute on um, why, you know, why to consider homeschooling. Um, basically, uh, you know, no one cares about your child more than you do. And no one wants their success in life more than you do. No one knows their strengths and weaknesses more than you do. And so really homeschooling is an opportunity to cater their education to their needs, their needs. And that's, and their needs are different from everyone else's needs. It does not have to be a cookie cutter education. And to be honest with you, as a parent, I don't see any difference in, you know, we teach our kids how to hold a fork. We teach our kids how to talk. We teach our kids social manners and social skills from the time they're very young. We teach our kids safety, you know, how, you know, to cross the street safely, things like that. No difference in a parent's responsibility in teaching their children how to become uh, good uh functioning adults that contribute to society, then they're, you know, then teaching them that the academics part of it. The academics part of it is just a piece in the whole puzzle of parenting. And so there's, um, so that's, that's, I'm just really passionate about encouraging parents who just know or think, or they have that, like the, this thing that I'm doing right now is just not working for my kid. And I want to encourage them that, yes, you can do this. The resources are plentiful. The encouragement and the support of the community is amazing. You can do this. Anybody can do this. You don't need a degree. Uh, you don't need specialized training. You already have it because you're the parent of your child and you love and care for them the most. And, and I love that we're kind of wrapping up on that note. Because that's the whole point of this series is I want parents to know you're not just stuck sending your child to the public education facility that you're not happy with. Right. And again, I'm not trying to be negative. I know there are some good schools out there in good counties and whatnot, but generally speaking, the the public school system is just fraught with disasters. Right. And a lot of people are looking for those alternatives and they don't know where to go. So what kind of the underlying point I really want to make today is number one, there are options. Mm -hmm. And number two, you're not by yourself. You're not right. alone. There's a lot of resources out there, a lot of people out there, and you don't really have to look very far to find them. They're, you don't. they're very no. close. They might be just down the street and you don't even realize it. Absolutely. So that's what we yeah. wanted to get across today is just to let people know that. And we're going to work our way through this series. And, and I can't wait to get to the next episodes and dig in deeper on some of the topics that you talked about, because I, I've got my own interest in in learning these things. And, and hopefully we can convey that to our listeners. So, Elena, and, thank you so much. Go ahead. Yeah. And let me leave um, the listeners with with two resources that they can look at uh, right right off the bat. As far as if you first off, if you're listening in North Carolina, you should go to nche.org. That's North uh, North Carolina Home Educators uh, dot org, 
And there is uh, um, uh, abundant resources there, including links to the North Carolina Dis uh, Department of Non-Public Education for the homeschooling rules. So nche.org for North Carolina's uh, residents. And then if you're listening in a different state, I would recommend you go to hslda.org, hslda.org. That's the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, and they cover the United States, and they literally have drop-down menus for your state and their regulations, and they have a how to get started, all of that. So those are two quick resources that you could go to if you want to start right away looking into it. That's awesome. And, and again, I'll put those in the podcast notes so they'll be handy reference. So if right now you're listening while you're driving or distracted in some way and aren't in a position to write this down, we'll have it for you. So, uh, so Elena, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this episode and I can't wait till we get the next one recorded. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity, Terry. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks to everyone listening. Uh, like I said, this series, we're going to start posting once a week on Mondays. And then as I start to get the other series that I'm working on for Wednesdays and Fridays, I'll let you know about those. And we'll post those every week as well. And I, I think you're going to enjoy what I do on those as well. So for now, everyone have a great week and we will talk to you next Monday. Goodbye. I'm sorry, it's just taking me a while to find ending the recording. <laughs>